Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer, or Mid-East soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. Amid speculation about a reduced military commitment to security in the Middle East, Turkey has spotlighted the region's ability to act as a disruptive force if its interests are neglected. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan set off alarm bells this week, declaring that he was not positive about possible Finnish and Swedish applications for membership in NATO in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. NATO membership is contingent on a unanimous vote in favor by the organization's 30 members. Turkey has NATO's second largest standing army. The vast majority of NATO members appear to endorse Finnish and Swedish membership. NATO members hope to approve the applications at a summit next month. A potential Turkish veto would complicate efforts to maintain transatlantic unity in the face of the Russian invasion. Mr. Erdogan's pressure tactics mirror the maneuvers of his fellow strongman, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban. Mr. Orban threatens European unity by resisting a block-wide boycott of Russian energy. Earlier, the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia rejected U.S. requests to raise oil production in an effort to lower prices and help Europe reduce its dependence on Russian energy. The two Gulf states appear to have since sought to quietly backtrack on their refusal. In late April, France's Total Energies chartered a tanker to load Abu Dhabi crude in early May for Europe, the first such shipment in two years. Saudi Arabia has quietly used its regional pricing mechanisms to redirect from Asia to Europe, Arab medium, the Saudi crew that is the closest substitute for the main Russian export blend, Urals, for which European refineries are configured. Mr. Erdogan linked his NATO objection to alleged Finnish and Swedish support for the Kurdish Workers' Party, or PKK, which has been designated a terrorist organization by Turkey, the United States, and the EU. The PKK has waged a decades-long insurgency in southeast Turkey in support of Kurds' national, ethnic, and cultural rights. Kurds account for up to 20% of the country's 84 million population. Turkey has recently pounded PKK positions in northern Iraq in a military operation named Operation Clawlock. Turkey is at odds with the United States over American support for Syrian Kurds in the fight against the Islamic State. Turkey asserts that America's Syrian Kurdish allies are aligned with the PKK. Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlu Cavusoglu warned that Turkey opposes a U.S. decision this week to exempt from sanctions against Syria regions controlled by the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces. This is a selective and discriminatory move, Mr. Cavusoglu said, noting that the exemption did not include Kurdish areas of Syria controlled by Turkey and its Syrian proxies. Referring to the NATO membership applications, Mr. Erdogan charged 
that Scandinavian countries are like some kind of guest house for terrorist organizations. They're even in parliament. Mr. Erdogan's objections relate primarily to Sweden, with Finland risking becoming collateral damage. Sweden is home to a significant Kurdish community and hosts Europe's top Kurdish soccer team that empathizes with the PKK and Turkish Kurdish aspirations. In addition, six Swedish members of parliament are ethnic Kurds. Turkey scholar Howard Eisenstadt suggested that Turkey's NATO objection may be a turning point. Much of Turkey's strategic flexibility has come from the fact that its priorities are seen as peripheral issues for its most important Western allies. Finnish and Swedish entry into NATO in the current context, absolutely not peripheral, Mr. Eisenstadt tweeted. The Turkish objection demonstrates the Middle East potential to derail US and European policy in other parts of the world. Middle Eastern states walk a fine line when using their potential to disrupt to achieve political goals of their own. The cautious backtracking on Ukraine-related oil supplies demonstrates the limits and or risks of Middle Eastern brinkmanship. So does the fact that Ukraine has moved NATO's center of gravity to Northern Europe and away from its Southern flank, which Turkey anchors. Moreover, Turkey risks endangering significant improvements in its long strained relations with the United States. Turkish mediation in the Ukraine crisis and military support for Ukraine prompted US President Joe Biden to move ahead with plans to upgrade Turkey's fleet of F-16 fighter planes and discuss selling it newer, advanced models, even though Turkey has neither condemned Russia nor imposed sanctions. Some analysts suggest Turkey may use its objection to regain access to the United States' F-35 fighter jet program. The US canceled in 2019 a sale of the jet to Turkey after the NATO member acquired Russia's S-400 anti-missile defense system. Mr. Erdogan has done this kind of tactic before. He will use it as leverage to get a good deal for Turkey, said retired U.S. Navy Admiral James Fogo, Dean of the Center for Maritime Strategy. A top aide to Mr. Erdogan, Ibrahim Kalin, appeared to confirm Mr. Fogo's analysis. We are not closing the door, but we are basically raising this issue as a matter of national security for Turkey, Mr. Kalin said, referring to the Turkish leader's NATO remarks. Of course, we want to have a discussion, a negotiation with Swedish counterparts. Spelling out Turkish demands, Mr. Kalin went on to say that what needs to be done is clear. They have to stop allowing PKK outlets, activities, organizations, individuals, and other types of presence to exist in those countries. Mr. Erdogan's brinkmanship may have its limits, but it illustrates that one ignores the Middle East at one's peril. However, engaging Middle Eastern autocrats does not necessarily mean ignoring their rampant violations of human rights 
and repression of freedoms. For the United States and Europe, the trick will be developing a policy that balances accommodating autocrats at times, disruptive demands often aimed at ensuring regime survival with the need to remain loyal to democratic values amid a struggle over whose values will underwrite a 21st century world order. That is likely to involve a degree of creative policymaking and diplomacy that seems to be a rare commodity. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer at www.jamesmdorsey.net. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.